Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. She'll be able to continue with the portrait. So I should hope, Albert. First time we've had the whole family together here for six years. <laughs> right, we're ready now, everybody. Now, after three. One, two, three. Oh, dear. Now, a new king must be found. Excuse me, Sir Cedric. Yes? I do believe we've found an heir. Is he everything we might have hoped? Allow me to introduce our sovereign lord, Ralph Jones, King of Great Britain, Head of the Commonwealth, Defender of the Faith. Welcome to Rewatchability, part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network. I'm J.M. McNabb, joined as always by... Blaine Waters. And and Sir Robert Laronde. Okay, he's oh, a knight now. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I was knighted, not by like a real country, but there's an internet site. Yeah, yeah it was a Zoom knighting. <laughs> <laughs> and this week on the show, we're going to be talking about the 1991 comedy King Ralph, starring John Goodman, Peter O'Toole, and a bunch of other English people. It is the 30th anniversary of this film. I'm sure you're all celebrating at home. Yeah, right? I got my King Ralph sheet cake, and that's it. Uh, and uh, like I think literally this week, is it's been 30 years since this movie hit theaters. We'll talk about it in a moment. Before that, I do want to mention our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash rewatchability, you can donate a few bucks, help keep the show going. You get it early and uh, commercial free. You know it. Every podcast has one. It's... <laughs> It's how, uh, it's how they launder their money. Not us, though. We, you know, we... We, we like our money dirty. For, for good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that doesn't sound right either. Um, well, we've got a big show. I mean, this is a big movie. I feel like when we started the show literally 10 years ago this year, this was one of the movies that was on my mind as a potential one to do but we never did it for some reason i don't know maybe we talked about it i'm not sure but when i was looking at the movies that came out around now in 1991 to see what was kind of celebrating an anniversary it leapt out i thought we've got to do king ralph you know it was a a I don't, I don't know if it was a big movie, but it was certainly for our generation, I think, an impactful one. Uh, what about you, Rob? When did you first see King Ralph? I remember renting it one weekend at my dad's 
it was the thing that we did. We we'd just go to the video store and rent a bunch of movies, and that's what we would spend the weekend doing. And I remember really loving this movie. I found John Goodman's performance so entertaining, and he's so energetic and charismatic. And, yeah, I just remember it being really sort of fun. And, uh, you know, John Goodman, I mean, he sort of reminded me of my dad, like in that sort of like good-hearted, maybe sort of, oafish sort of way. (laughs) Sorry, Dad. (laughs) But, I mean, it's a character that is, in one way, the movie tries to laugh at because, you know, he's this, like, big, slovenly American. But at the same time, he's such, like, a a charming and good-hearted, like, actor and person. You can't help but love Ralph. So I, I hadn't seen this movie or had the opportunity to see it since I was a kid. You know, it's not something that gets talked about you know, despite John Goodman's career still being, you know, very strong, all those British guys are in lots of other things, too. You think, you know, maybe they'd be like, weren't they all in King Ralph as well? And But no, no, it just it hasn't come up until now. And uh, so I was excited to revisit it. I should also mention that when I watched it a few days ago, we were going to originally record. And then the next day I saw trending on Twitter, God Save the Queen. And I thought, oh, my God, did the queen die? Did Sid Vicious die? (laughs) (laughs) Because if the queen died, then, like, this would be a really insensitive movie to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, especially if if you inherited the throne. (laughs) (laughs) But it turns out it was just her, uh, it was the 69th anniversary of her ascension to the throne. Also, you know, we record, we're recording this a good few days before the podcast actually comes out. So if the queen does die between when we record this and when it comes out, I apologize. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, also we could be implicated. I mean, we're subjects, right? Mm. It would be treason. We still have her on our money. So weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a brief while, we had Ralph on our money, I believe, right? <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> uh, what about you, Blaine? This movie is one of those movies, it's like you saw it when you were a kid, and maybe you weren't paying attention to it, or you just remembered those kind of like, I remember the piano playing, Good Golly Miss Molly, and that's about it. Like I, I remember nothing else about this movie. Everything that came up, it was kind of like, oh yeah, he had a... He had a like um, a pinball machine. Like everything was just kind of like remembering, like, like a, a house that you grew up in until you were like four. Like you don't know, you can't remember anything about it, but it's it's there. And if you see it again, you're like, oh yeah. So this movie didn't make a big impact on me. I haven't talked with, about it with anyone in my entire life until now <laughs> um, like i had like this movie could have never existed and i wouldn't be like oh the timelines were adjusted like it, it like i had no idea that this movie i i had no memory of it so it was fun watching it and being like oh yeah this is this is like the classic setup for a movie thought it was john candy john goodman I had all these like notions of what this movie was when you brought it up because I think my mind was filling in these huge gaps that it was like you should know this play, but I I don't. So it was really fun to watch, and yeah, it's a it's a weird comedy that starts with the death of 
many dozens of people. <laughs> we'll get to that. So, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, of course, we'll get to it. But uh, anyway. I also feel like this movie's thunder was sort of stolen by the Princess Diaries. Like, isn't that the same fucking thing? You know, I was going to bring that up later, too, because uh, I, I wrote about that once. I wrote a thing about, like, uh, kids' movies that ripped off adult movies or that like had the same plots as adult movies and one of them was uh that was the first time i thought about king ralph in a long time was i i wrote about how the princess diaries is basically just king ralph because it's yeah it's the same kind of premise but with a young girl and julie andrews is like the peter o'toole character and there's also like a scene with like a fancy banquet where she embarrasses herself like there's a lot of similarities between those two movies they're usurping the throne of King Ralph. <laughs> but was this, let me, just before you get into it, was this like kind of a, a big movie when it came out? Uh, this like have an impact? To me, it feels we will like. talk about that. It feels, like, talk it feels that. like something that could have starred Ernest P. Worrell. You know, like it just feels like, anyway, we'll get into it. JM, when did you first see this movie? Did you already go over that? I kind of the same as you guys. Like I, I didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it on video. I think soon after it came out, um, because it was so heavily marketed, and like lots of other kids were watching it. Uh, I was peer pressured into watching it. Um, <laughs> I think we rented it at a sleepover, and then and then it, you know it it played a lot on TV. But you know I didn't watch it a lot. I, I probably saw it you know two or three times uh, as a kid. But yeah, not not again in the you know. 30 something years or almost 30 years that that came after it i yeah i like you i remember it existing vaguely i mean i remember the poster very distinctly but apart from that i didn't have any like i didn't know if i liked or disliked this movie i just knew it was a thing and i knew it was a, a part of my childhood and you know i was i was up for rewatching it too just because like i love john goodman and you know i'm up for for any movie that lets me spend uh, two hours with John Goodman. I mean, this came out the same year as... Uh, it's funny because he's so amiable and friendly in this movie, <laughs> but it came out the same year as Barton Fink, in which he yeah. literally plays Satan. <laughs> oh, he's so good in that. He's great, yeah. Um, and they seem like two different people. Like, the guy from Barton Fink seems like he's like in his mid-40s, and Ralph doesn't. It's you know, mm -hmm. Yeah. They're great performances. Like, that's good range. Totally, yeah. Well, let's get into actually the nuts and bolts of the story because it's a weird story. R Rob, do you want to do the rundown? And we'll start with the the beginning that that you talked about, Blaine, because this was. I, I'm surprised I didn't remember this because yeah. it it was upsetting. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, it starts out at Buckingham Palace, and they're taking a big photo of the entire family. Everybody's there, the entire family. Prince Andrew's not invited, but everybody else <laughs> is gathered. And, you know, they, it's, it's England, so, you know, it's a bit soggy. It's been raining, but they're getting all ready, and they have the lights and everything. And it just, it's, it, it seems a bit dangerous with the electrical parts lying there on the ground. And what happens is uh, the entire royal family is electrocuted to death. And I believe it freeze frames on their moment of agony. Yeah, the, the moment where yeah. where the life is uh, being drained from from their bodies, and of course they're all there. There's the children, presumably Harry and William. Um, perhaps they were uh, reanimated by a necromancer. I don't know what happened. This is a documentary, I presume. <laughs> but the entire royal family dies. Like they just die. Like this is yeah, dozens of people 
they get electrocuted in like this fun, wacky, comic way, and then the newspaper squirrels and hits us in the face and says, "Entire royal family dead." It's so weird that maybe it's just because when you're younger, you don't really understand death and uh, life and death so much. But I can see how that would have been funny to me as a young kid. Now watching it, I'm like, why is that played for laughs? Where's the humanity of these filmmakers? Well, it's also the music. The music is like going like bump up, bump up, bump up, bump up. You know, it's like this. Yeah. Very, like whimsical. That's the stairway to heaven. As it's putting on <laughs> <Yeah>. the pits. <laughs> well, this is, I, I think one thing that's sort of interesting is that this was before, obviously, Princess Diana died. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that sort of like changed the way that we look at the royal family in a big way. I can't remember. That's who when I was we realized death this. was death was sad as soon as that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, you know, who knew? Well, I mean, but usually it's like, yeah, like the royal whatever gets old and dies, and you know, it's like sad, but like also like whatever, you know, they're old, you know. But it it was a tragedy. People actually liked her, and it really gave us a new sort of focus on on the queen. They made that movie about the queen, the royal family. But the wasn't crown, that all about? That stuff. Wasn't it that the queen secretly had her murdered, or? I never saw. Yeah, but we can empathize. Oh, okay, no, I don't know. <laughs> I I do want to say like they use a different name in this, and now I can't remember. It's like they use like Wyndham or something for the mm-hmm. name uh, because Wyndham Earl. Yeah, and I did see someone on like Twitter and an article was saying that it looks like it was dubbed, like that maybe they filmed it saying Windsor, mm. but then later mm-hmm. dubbed it to be like Wyndham or something because they didn't want to upset him. But then I did find an, an, an interview with the director who was saying while they were shooting it, it's not the real Windsor family, explains Mr. Ward. It would have been a bit of a grisly note to have the actual Windsors killed off in the first five minutes of the film with their mm. children and all. That is not funny. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Killing a bunch of old people, that's cool. Killing children. I mean, there are probably children there. Because uh, otherwise, like, a child would have inherited. Exactly. Throne, pre- presumably. There were children in the picture. I okay. saw them. All it right. was horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> It's just not specific, yeah. Their hair got, like, all poofed up while they were I know. dying. Yeah. Why didn't the royal family have, like, you know, like a, a Kiefer Sutherland, like a designated survivor, you know? Like someone that would right. hold back. I guess that was Ralph, I guess. Well, I mean, maybe they did, but the person sucked. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, yeah, it's just an insane way to begin a movie. And you could do that same, like, I understand you need, because they specifically say, like, this is the first time, like, every member of the royal family has been in one place at the same time before they all die. But, uh, like, you could do the same story and have that happen and have it be, like, a moment of tragedy and still, like, you know, <laughs> have, like, some some sadness at the beginning and then, you know, rise up from that and you know bring the comedy in later but they just yeah they try to make it as like wacky as possible <laughs> they should have just yeah. these people are killed they should have killed everyone before the story began so that you like start in this morning and like this you know funeral and then you can get into the wackiness but we have to watch them be murdered by yeah, coffee the barbecue <laughs> and it's also like it's not like you know we, I, I i'm a fan of a lot of like black comedies or dark comedies but you know the rest of the movie is is very light and, <laughs> and fluffy <laughs> like it's just weird <laughs> that it begins on this heavy note but that that feels like yeah obviously to to have the 
the hijinks that we're going to have with Ralph, we need that out of the way. Uh, and what hijinks? Yeah. So, sorry. Go on, Rob. Okay. Well, so everybody in England is sad. Like, all of the people at Buckingham Palace, they're sad. And even the, even, even a punk. Even the punks are sad. Yeah. They're grieving. I mean, one punk is sad, and then one punk's like, what's this then? Oh, it's a queen itself. Wanker. And then she's like, shut up, yeah. And anyway. But they have to find a new king or queen. It could be a queen. And there's all these crazy rules. I don't know if, you, if you've watched any movie about the king or the queen or the king speech. It, the, the whole succession thing is, is crazy. Like, it has to be, um, I mean, it has to be somebody who's of royal blood. I guess that's the main thing. That's the main thing. But so they have to find the next in line, whoever that's going to be. And they look. They look everywhere. They, they get the royal researchers to, like, go through the books, and, and they find somebody. But it's not the sort of person that they expect. What do you mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> I love that this turned just into like a pitch meeting. Like, oh, guys, guys, it's not who you expect. Okay, last person you expect, John Goodman. Vacate your room by noon tomorrow. We're going to put your stuff out in the street. Shit, can you believe that? It's beyond all comprehension, Your Majesty. But I have news that might bring you some cheer. I got it. It is my glorious duty to inform you that you are the new King of England. (laughs) This isn't like an old white person with like bad DNA from centuries of inbreeding. No, (laughs) this is John Goodman. And he's like, you know, young and fun. And he's like a lounge singer. He's like... He's, like, prepping for his role in Blues Brothers 2000. (laughs) But he's far from a king. But they, you know, they track him down to Las Vegas where we see him, where he's doing his show. And uh, they tell him the news and they sort of bring him over to England. Well, okay, two two weird things about this beginning. One is that it's like his grandmother had, like, an affair with a prince or something or a duke. I can't remember which but like that. Well, that happens for all of our families. I mean, well, I mean, that's our the grandmas thing. Like, around. I don't think that would be like a legitimate claim to the f- throne, would it? If like someone had an affair. Yeah, like I think so. Is lineage different than DNA? Like, like aren't bastard children bastard? Like, they're not part of the lineage of the family. Is that? Yeah, that's why Jon Snow was never whatever thing that was. And that's real, right? So <laughs> what? <laughs> No, but I think it's like there's a hierarchy. Like first, yeah, the first, the legitimate oldest male heir, that's the ideal king. And then after that, you go, you know, the second oldest, maybe throw a woman in there. And then like some, you know, the per- the, the bastard whelp of some, you know, pub wench, you know, it's, it's, it's all in the, the laws of England, the big old book of England, mm. probably. You mean Harry Potter? The second weird thing about this is it's just so incredibly rushed. Like, we don't, this movie is all about Ralph, and we don't even see, like, his home. (laughs) You know, like, they meet him after work, they go to a hot dog stand, and then he's in England. He is in, King Ralph is in Buckingham Palace, 
eight minutes into this movie. <laughs> it's, it's so intense. He intense. has he has no life, no friends. He just lost his job in the U.S. Like this guy, what has he been doing the past thirty years? Like, I did, yeah, it's weird that he has nothing else going for him. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's like we. I mean, I, I, th- a lot of this movie coasts on John Goodman's charms, but like, give us a little bit of a sense of who this guy is beyond simply that he is a lounge singer. I mean, maybe he had like a dad who was like, "You'll never be the king of England." <laughs> <laughs> the wrong boy died. Your brother was going to be king of England. <laughs> I'll show you, Dad. I'll show you. No, but something. I don't know. Like it's just like, yeah, they just whisk him away so quickly. Like I, I and you know, that's not to skip ahead too much, but like. Ralph doesn't really change at all in this movie. Like no. he kind of just keeps doing his thing. He uh, does to comic effect. <laughs> Why would he need to movie? change? He's awesome. <laughs> he plays a mean piano. He's got great style. Full head of hair. The whole world well, even, like, needs to change. At the beginning, like he's he's not even doing like a great show because he's like so jaded. He's like watching a football game while he's doing his uh, Vegas routine. But, like, I don't get the sense by the end of the movie that, like, he wouldn't still be doing that, you know? Like, yeah. he doesn't learn a lesson, really, about anything. Yeah. He just kind of, like, well, we'll get we'll get into what happens specifically, but, and, uh, and yeah, kind I, of... I wanted something more. I wanted, like, a hook with the character from the outset of, like, something, something, uh, I, I, you know... I know he's awesome. I know he's John Goodman, but becoming the king of England should change you somehow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think I would be the same person. Yeah, it's kind of weird because the thing that he does is like the, and we'll get to, but it's it's like, it's kind of a non-thing. It's like he connects two dots and it's not like he was stupid before. No one was like, you can't put two and two together, John Goodman. And he was like, I'll show you, Dad. It was just like the – it was just that The he... wrong boy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but he he just does what everyone would do. That's just, it's not like character dependent, you know? But right. I think I think it's more like, you know, he doesn't have to learn something because they want him to be something that he's not but he can't be. And so he solves his problems by being himself. Like, we'll get to it, but like when he – you know, solves the economic problem by calling the king of Zambezia. Like, that's him being, you know, that's him just being, like, a dude, you know? He relates to the king of Zambezia because he's a dude, and he just wants to, like, throw darts, at, like, at a bar. And, you know, he does things his different way. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a message, you know? But, uh... Yeah, and also, you know what I was hoping for was I was hoping for, like, a movie that was a little more critical of like the monarchy i kind of oh. thought well even like to the stocks su- with him <laughs> <laughs> but even just like a subtle way like i kind of thought and again i don't want to skip ahead too much because we're like eight minutes into this movie uh but like at the end there's a moment where he goes to see his love interest and she's in like a more like working class kind of lower income neighborhood in london i kind of thought like the sort of third act of this movie was him being like hey I don't need all of this stuff and all of this money. Like I'm going to start using my position as King to like better the world. Like I thought he was going and, you know, be a better person than the guy who was like watching football while, you Mm -hmm. know, 
playing the piano. <laughs> you mean but grow th- and change? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I but I mean but that would also you know the the implication would be like hey like the you know why do we need a king why do we need a queen like I I, I wanted him to like democratize it somehow by the end but the movie wouldn't do that because yeah they would be. Uh, assassinated by like a uh feeder guy or something yeah. <laughs> yeah it's i mean the interesting point that you kind of brought up rob is that he doesn't have to change like the movie just operates around him the world has to change for him but then in the end well, i mean we're gonna get we're, uh, he doesn't get the job anyway so he i think kind of in order to change you you need to like get some sort of result from that like you you change in order to earn the role that you want or something like that but he doesn't change and doesn't earn the role and just goes about his life again which i think kind of works for the movie like yeah i mean well this is a fantasy this is like this is the sort of movie template that big follows right like it's a normal person who has some oversized fantasies and then he gets to have those fantasies he discovers that he's not that happy after all and then he gives it up and goes back to his old life with a renewed sense of purpose right the grass is always greener kind of story arc yeah but i mean we should talk about what he does as king of england because he does do some things like he goes to a strip club immediately he he (laughs) most like uh palatial (laughs) like populated strip club like it's this it's like there's like three or four stories it's the strip, the strip club, club in the castle it's uh yeah. it's, it's a very nice strip club because it's only well, for royalty it's like american themed so i feel like it's it's supposed to look like you know some old-timey legislature or something but it's yeah it's there's all these columns and there's like several balconies and yeah it's crazy i mean I haven't been to many strip clubs in my life, but they were not like that. <laughs> they no. were small and dirty, and uh, yeah, that was weird. Uh, but uh, I guess it—I guess it makes sense. Yeah, that he would go there on his first day. He, well, he's there. You know, already sort of yearning for a slice of home. He sees somebody who is stripping as Miss Las Vegas. Or something like that. And so, you know, wanting to somebody who he can relate to, unlike all these British stiff upper lip people, he goes backstage and he talks to her. And he does that old thing where you, like, make a bet where somebody has to go out with you if they lose. You know, (laughs) it's that it's the only way to get dates these days, (laughs) to be honest. To show someone that you're a gambler at the same time (laughs) as you want to date them. You know, (laughs) the perfect come on. I'll bet you one date and $10,000. You're on. You guys work here? Well, no. Then what are you doing backstage? Well, it's okay. I'm the new king here. The king of what? Burlesque? No. England. I don't think that's a proper thing to joke about right now. I'm not joking. They just hired me yesterday. I could probably get you your job back. I don't think that's... I don't want my job back. I just want to get dressed. Will you excuse me, please? This will only take a minute. Look, I'm new in town. I don't know too many people. So I was thinking we'd get together tomorrow night, maybe have a drink, discuss the mood of the country. Alan! Who's Alan? The bouncer. Phipps. It's ridiculous. Nobody believes me. Maybe we should get some cards printed up or something. (laughs) But uh, I mean, this scene—I mean, this scene was like a little bit awkward because, uh, yeah, she's clearly like not interested in him, even when he says he's the king of England. But uh, he just sort of insists, and uh, you know, 
what you gonna do? <laughs> He's the king of England. Yeah, and here is another point that's like the eighties and nineties movies where no one has to like prove that they're at all worthy of the other pe- person. They're just like, no, no, you don't understand. This movie's called King Ralph. Uh, that's me. Uh, so you need to date me for this movie yeah, to he's continue. He's basically uh, <laughs> the villain from Braveheart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He just Prima. goes around shouting, Prima Nocta! Yeah. Prima Nocta to everyone. But she's not going to go for it until John Hurt calls her up and convinces her to. Because John Hurt is some fancy pants lord, and he, as we find out, is next in line for the throne after Ralph. And his family mm. is the sort of, you know, the family that was uh, that didn't get the throne when the Windhams took over, right? So he's got, he's got an old grudge to sort of settle. And initially she goes through with it. She accepts the money, I believe it's 50p, to date Ralph, and uh, she 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 agrees to do it with him, even though I think it was I think she agreed for just a a jar of marmots. <laughs> yeah. So she agrees to do it, much to the chagrin of all of Ralph's handlers, who we haven't even really talked about. They are they are the the stars of British stage and screen. It's it's Peter O'Toole, it's Richard Griffiths. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I mentioned John Hurt is in there, though he's sort of a bad guy. But all of these, you know, great British people are in this stupid movie. <laughs> I was like, I was looking at the credits. It was like, oh, yeah, this person was in I, Claudius. This person was in this thing. <laughs> and King Ralph. I, I, I would, I, it does sort of sound like a Shakespeare play when you say it that way. I, w- I would like to see the Shakespearean version of King Ralph. The comedy. I mean, of... to be fair, like Peter O'Toole is in way dumber movies than King Ralph, and so is Richard Griffiths. Probably, like he was in Naked Gun too, which you hold thy tongue. Love, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that movie. But I'm just saying, you know, it's not okay. I Claudius. No, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Peter O'Toole. I'm gonna look up Peter O'Toole. Like Peter O'Toole, look him up on IMDb. Sure, the first thing that comes up is Lawrence of Arabia, but then if you go down just a little bit, you get Ralph Phantoms, of Arabia. <laughs> Phantoms with Ben Affleck, I think. Uh, what else? Um, <laughs> King Ralph, that doesn't look good. High Spirits, do you remember that one? It was like a ghost comedy from the eighties with Steve Gutenberg. I'm just saying, like, yeah, it's, you know, King Ralph was probably, like, you know, a, a big movie for him at the time. That's it's fair. not like, yeah. you know, it had been a while since he'd been in, in some of And I love Peter O'Toole. I think he's great. Yeah. And when you hear John Goodman talk about this movie, so I was looking up some of the interviews he'd done where he talked about this. The thing he returns to over and over again is is how amazing it was to work with Peter O'Toole and how great he was. And he said Peter O'Toole wasn't drinking at the time. But he said, Peter O'Toole would just come with him to bars. And they'd like, and so John Goodman would go out drinking with Peter O'Toole, and Peter O'Toole would, would just talk to him and just tell him anecdotes about like his career and about, you know, give him acting advice and stuff. I mean, and he just said he was, uh, he became like a, a dear friend. That's, That's worth the price of admission right there. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So Ralph and the stripper, they, what, they go on a date, right? <laughs> They go on a date. They're liking each other. They're kind of vibing each other. And then he's told that like he can't date her, right? Yeah. Because he's gonna he has to marry a princess. 
And so John Hurt also kind of gets wind of this and thinks it's a pretty great idea. Yeah, he wants to start a scandal by leaking to the press that King Ralph is dating a stripper. And he thinks that the British public will think that this simply won't do, which is the worst worst thing in England when something simply won't do. And he'll have to, like, give up the throne. So, you know, it's a pretty nefarious plan. But the girl, Miranda, she starts to get, like, second thoughts. Like, she doesn't want to, you know... I mean, she starts to like him, you know, for real, yeah. as you do when you make an agreement with an evil person, you know. <laughs> what What I liked about this movie, though, is that they did go on a few dates before the evil person approached her. So she did, con- like, or not a few dates. It was kind of one date where she, like, was kind of like, hey, this guy's pretty cool. So that, I don't know, she kind of did like him a little bit before she started getting paid. But uh, so that, yeah, that was like, interesting. Yeah. She, he was like, I'll pay you to keep dating the person you're already dating. I mean, that's she a great like, job. Okay. Like, if, <laughs> it, if John Hurt were to offer me, like, 10,000 pounds to, like, like, have dinner with your wife tonight, I'd be like, well, you seem kind of evil, but I was already going to do that, so I'll take the money. I, I do want to say she's played by uh, Camille Corduri. I, I don't know how to say her last Corduri? name. Okay. Corduroy? No, Corduroy. I have no idea. She's a small bear in a department store. <laughs> no, but she isn't. She's in a ton of things. She's a, she's in Doctor Who, I know. But the thing I remember from her from when I was a kid was uh, she was also the love interest in Nuns on the Run. Ooh, you guys remember that? No. Well, I mean, yeah, I and mean, we got to do that movie for sure. For sure, love nuns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a bunch of stuff that happens. He he has to meet the king of Zambezia, and this is going to be his first uh. big royal test, you know. And he's 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 not it's not looking good for him because he can't even remember the words that he's supposed to say. Welcome to well, the United okay. Kingdom. Back up for a second. Uh, it's the kingdom of Zambezi, I think. One of those, and and that is a, a made up country for this movie. Yes. Which is uh, not not good, and then yeah, like you you're watching this movie and it's kind of harmless, and you're like, oh, hopefully he doesn't get super racist at any point. And then he's like, the king of Zambezi is on his way. And it's like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> and then he he shows up and it's it's the one uh, black man in this movie, and John Goodman's like, I know how to handle it. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, what's up, Holmes? And like tries to like high five him, and it's uh, yeah, you could. I, I don't know if there was a record scratch on the soundtrack, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's, and then he like, <laughs> he, 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 I don't even remember how it starts, but he ends up playing darts with him by like literally throwing spears. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a point where I was like, okay, I can figure this movie <laughs> for that awkwardness. Maybe we're, we're meant to think that, you know, uh, Ralph feels very comfortable around people of, uh, he's very inclusive, mm-hmm. so he's trying to talk to someone. There. Sure, that's a misstep, but like it's not crazy racist yet. Right. And then cut to spear throwing. <laughs> You're like, oh god, okay. <laughs> well, this is kind of where it goes a little bit off the deep end. Like, I, it just it just seems like the racist first place to go with yeah. this character. Like they're like, what what does someone from Zambezi do? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's also weird because in like one sense, like they they play it really seriously. Like, yeah, like the the guy is, you know, he wants to 
market Africa's first car, and like there's a big trade thing, and that all seems very serious. But then he, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that part's not uh, not so great. Not okay, so, great. so moving right along, because <laughs> then he meets the the princess. That's right. Kind of the I next mean, big sequence. Yeah, I mean, he's got to marry somebody with noble blood, and so it has to be a relative. So it, they 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 get a princess from is it Sweden or Norway or something like that. Either either way, it's Finway. I think it's a made up. Country? No, no, because they're white. So it's just a real country. <laughs> yeah, they don't make up the white country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The king, the king of that is from um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, right? You have chosen poorly. Yeah, well, so it's, Yeah, it's uh, Julian Glover. Right, from, yeah. Who's the bad guy in Last Crusade and also in Game of Thrones. Oh. oh. Yeah. yeah. He's like the old man with the beard. Game of Thrones does feel... Like, Westeros feels more real than Zambezi. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, they put more work into Westeros. <laughs> Equal, equally racist, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and the princess is played by Jolie Richardson. Yeah, and this is a weird performance. I mean, it's not the performance that's weird. I guess the it's thing the that's direction. weird is that they pitch down her voice to make her sound like a man. I did not. I don't. I almost like texted one of you to find out like what the joke was here. Yeah. I, I just like. I'm not even criticizing it. I. I didn't even get it. Like, is it's just that her voice is lower, or it's just that she's not like a dainty princess that we all think okay, yeah. would imagine a princess to be. Like King Ralph isn't like the old wizened king that we would imagine him to be i think is what they're going for but also very unattractive that she first of all first of all has a low voice but second of all is in control of her sexuality and knows what she wants and goes after it uh very yeah. unattractive qualities in the that. 90s for a woman to have <laughs> like she's she's like you know i'm not i'm not gonna love you i'm gonna love someone else uh but uh at least we can have fun, like, and and part of that is sexual. So let's 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 see if we're compatible that way. And he's like, whoa, 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 woman, Jesus, you're not supposed to talk about sex. If I wanted to marry for love, I would have married Gunayan back in Piniki. But do you really want to marry me? Well, I must admit, you'll require a bit more work than I don't. You are unsophisticated, ignorant. I'm totally lacking in social grace. But I console myself with the fact that you have nice buttocks. Beg your pardon? It, yeah, that was also kind of like a weird 90s thing. I was like, ah. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to the fanciest exactly. club in the world. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. well, that's the thing, right? Like, uh, the the woman that he likes refused to strip. She stripped to a point, but then it was like, no, I'm too modest to go further. And that modesty is rewarded by his affections. But like this other woman who's like, right. I <laughs> like I'm totally comfortable with my sexuality that I'm willing to say what I want. He's like, that is too much. Mm. I just got to I got to go bowl some more. I have got to go play a, a little Richard song for everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is the and next we, thing yeah, that we happens. have to talk about this. Yeah. scene. Oh, yeah. Well, that's literally the next scene. He you know, I mean, John. Hurt is telling him to do it his way, just like Frank Sinatra. I mean, just like the other guy told Frank Sinatra to do it. But so, and, you know, encouraging him to be himself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> encouraging him to be himself, knowing that himself is not what people will expect. So, 
he does it. He 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 bees himself. He he gets the piano or the harpsichord, I think it is, and he bangs out good golly Miss Molly. And he's doing like all the stuff. He's doing like the Jerry Lee Lewis kicks and all that stuff. And uh Well to be fair, I think a lot of those moves are little Richard moves. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean well yeah, I, obviously. Yeah. I did want to mention also because like little Richard did like a new recording of Good Golly Miss Molly that plays over the credits. Right. And I think there was like a music video produced by Jeff Lynn yeah. uh, from ELO and the Traveling Wilburys. But I had this sense of Little Richard as a kid because of movies like King Ralph and like Pee Wee and like maybe like Quantum Leap. When, when Little Richard was <laughs> showing up in stuff when we were kids, it was always like, Hey, Little Richards is is one of those guys that's still around, you know, mm-hmm. from like the the sort of early days of rock and roll. So he kind of just became this like I don't know, not punchline, but like this, you know, I I knew him through his like weird pop culture appearances and not like his music. Uh, yeah, in in like the nineties, he was like right. Charo. Yeah, but. I've been going back, like, me and my kids have been watching a lot of, like, YouTube videos of, of performances of, of artists we like, and we were watching some Little Richard videos, and man, he was just, like, the best. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, was he was amazing. amazing. Not, only, not only, like, yeah, his musicianship, his vocals are just, like, stellar, but also, like, yeah, the way he performs, his energy, his moves were just like, oh, my God, like, this guy... Is just like on a whole other level than than so many of the performers that we talk about and think about. I know we just lost him recently, but it's just like, man, this guy is, you know, puts all of those other guys to, you know, to shame. Like, you know, we think about people like Elvis and stuff, but I mean, you know, I mean, famously, you know, Elvis, I'm sure, stole a lot from (laughs) from guys like Little Richard. What? but I mean, I just th- personally like you know, growing up with you know things like King Ralph, where he's just kind of like. You know, we're we're experiencing his music through like an oafish American king. Right. Yeah, to go back and realize, like, man, the artistry behind those early Little Richard records was just uh, was just miles ahead of of what you might think. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because, like, That's yeah, cool. go to YouTube and watch some of those early Little Richard performances. They're just incredible. So, what, did he like do things that John uh, that uh, John Goodman was doing in this movie? Like the splits on top of the piano and playing with his hands like that? Like Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's what he would I mean, I I don't I didn't seem to do quite that, but he would do stuff like, yeah, he'd kick back the bench and like put his leg up on the piano and do all, all kinds of stuff like that because honestly what impressed me most about that uh just as someone you know nearing 40 uh is that uh he's just so flexible he's just so flexible <laughs> oh he like, had to soak I, in a nice bath for two weeks <laughs> yeah i like bend down to pick something up and i'm like i think i threw my back out goddamn um <laughs> so it was just really cool to see uh john goodman though get to like really let loose and be this kind of bombastic sweaty rock star uh it was yeah that was a real treat in this movie uh, that was a highlight for me watching it so knowing that i'm gonna definitely check out the little little, little richard stuff because uh that sounds awesome sounds great yeah uh, also it's it's kind of a bummer because no one likes it at all which also seemed kind of unrealistic like i know they're british but like <laughs> He did a good job. At the, it's pretty like, impressive. Human beings, yeah. and he's the king. Like, well, I, yeah, I so, so you can clap along. At, at the end of his performance, he says, "This is a little too soon for you, but your kids 
are going <laughs> to love it. <laughs> That's one thing in this movie that I didn't really get. Like, he could have people beheaded. You know, like, I, I'm just not really. But, like, That's not he's the king. <laughs> he's, he's the king. Uh, and wouldn't people be sucking up to him a little bit? Like, wouldn't that be part of it? Everyone detests him. Like People like, barely even... suck up to the queen these days. <laughs> watch yeah, the show, like a, yeah, but... It could be like a guy I didn't like who wasn't king, and I would still clap <laughs> no. out of politeness. I uh, know, but it just feels like people are in the halls, like he walks by and he's like, hey, I'm the king. They're like, oh, I fucking hate yeah. that guy. God well, the only person like, who likes his performance, the only person who has any fun in their life any soul is Miranda you know the the w- person that he was on the date with and it's so funny that this bad guy keeps on like playing matchmaker with these two like he's just really helping them out he's like i want it i want to tank them but i also really like them together and uh, i just want to see them together more that would be great if it, if the twist was like he wasn't really in line for the throne. He was just an old softy and a romantic. <laughs> He's like, secretly, I'm a Yenta, and uh, I need to see you two together. It's my fetish. What? <laughs> oh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> but this sort of kicks off like the bad period for Ralph, and nothing is going right. And he, he messes up like this major trade deal because of the whole Princess Anna thing and the... the strippers so that's bad for england and it looks like uh, everybody doesn't like him now because uh he lost out on this one economic opportunity and apparently that's all it takes for the entire british populace to turn on you is uh is one car factory or something like that and so it seems like it's like dark night of the soul you know he he doesn't know what he's going to do he has like a, a moment with peter o'toole i think and then he he's not sure what he's going to do and then the next morning, you know, it seems like he's really decided and he's figured it out. And he announces to everybody that he has called his friend the King of Zambezia, which isn't a real place. I think it's Zambezi, isn't it? Oh, well, maybe. But, I mean, I'm not going to try to get a fake name right. <laughs> Whatever it is, it clears the ice after a hockey game. It's fine. Let's just move on. <laughs> well, he, so he gets another economic thing going with them that sort of you – know, it replaces the thing that he lost, but it's still not enough. So he announces that he's going to abdicate the throne and that'll be it for King Ralph. And this seems like it's really bad because then John Hurt's going to become the king and his name is Hurt. So he probably won't be a good king. Like, why not John Heal? But I guess Heal can be bad, too. Oh, it's hard being king. <laughs> but <laughs> instead, he discovers that his old pal Cedric actually has royal blood in him as well. And, in fact, they're, they're cousins or something like that. But Cedric, he felt that the responsibility was too much, and so he didn't want to take on the role. So he hid his royal blood and, um, and just made the choice to sort of go with Ralph. So he announces that Ced is going to be, right, Ced Fred, is going to be the new king, and um, and and this is Peter O'Toole. This is the Peter O'Toole case. That's right. Yeah, and um, all sort of right in the world because yeah, Peter O'Toole that makes sense as a king. You know, you're like yes, 
he played Richard the Second, I believe, or something. It's fine. But it's also it's so it's so weird because it almost feels like there's a part of the script missing because there's <laughs> there's not really any part where Peter O'Toole seemingly started to like Ralph. Like, no. <laughs> he's just kind of annoyed by him through the entire movie. And then at the end, like when Ralph uh, kind of encourages him to become the king and steps down, abdicates the throne, like Peter O'Toole says something like, I've learned so much from you, Ralph, or something. It's like, no, you didn't. You fucking hate him. <laughs> All you've done is like undercut him and like ruin his <laughs> chances with his girlfriend. Shush, it's just something like, we say. <laughs> <laughs> We're very polite in England. Yeah, it, it is. It does seem like a little bit abrupt. Like there, there are lots of things in this movie that are abrupt. <laughs> it's not a short movie. It's an hour and thirty-seven minutes. Yeah, but most of most of it is just Ralph sitting in the bathtub and dropping his crown in Twitter, <laughs> or dropping good. the crown in various other places. <laughs> but so he abdicates the throne, and you know, Peter O'Toole becomes king, but. All is not bad for John Goodman because they knight him and they make him the Duke of Earl. Of Earl. And they play that song, <laughs> Duke of Earl. And I guess uh. he requested, maybe he requested that dukedom. Maybe there was already a Duke of Earl and he got like the bum's rush or something like that. He was exiled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's now a lounge singer in Vegas. Yeah. It's awful. awful. Good work if you can get it. But that's uh, that's King Ralph. Wait, no, he probably died. He was probably killed in the first. That's five true. Years. Yeah, there are no other dukes. There need to be dukes. Oh yeah, get your dukes up. Damn. Yeah. Well, that's got to be a lot of vacancies in the royal family. Then there should be. <laughs> yeah. Seems like there would be more, you know, more trouble than just this Ralph dude. <laughs> I know. They need to be like knighting everyone. They need to like, get the football players in there. All the actors you can handle, get them in there. Yeah. It's just the whole cast of Roseanne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Duke Tom Arnold. <laughs> the monarchy's over, man. Um, okay, well, we'll be right back after this break. Uh, I've got some trivia questions for you guys. Just a moment. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, we're back on rewatchability. We're talking about King Ralph. It's the 30th anniversary of that particular film. Uh, I've got some trivia questions for you guys. You guys ready? Yep. Let's do it. Uh, and whoever gets this right gets the throne. Knighthood? Oh, okay. Cool. Of the podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'll take it. All right. Which actor was the character of Ralph originally written for? John Candy. No, close. I think they did talk about John Candy at one point in the production of this, but that's not who uh, I've read it was. Uh, oh, Bill Robin Murray. Williams. It was Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. That's Rob, Rob's one step closer to the throne. Blaine's one step closer to that beheading. Okay. I didn't know there was a, yep. a secondary uh, prize. 
You agreed to that when okay. uh, you joined the podcast. I uh, yeah, I couldn't find much info about it, but like multiple uh, sources reported that Bill Murray was the, uh, the idea, and I could totally see that. Like, and especially in this era, see, yeah, and, and it, I could see it being a much different movie too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, like kind of, kind of a more like emotional movie, I'd say. Like in terms of like the rom comness well, of it, I feel like they would have focused a little bit more on that. I could also did. see it being more of like you know starting out as like a scumbaggy yeah kind of character and like making him love. John Gibson's just so lovable exactly in the entire movie. Yeah, um, Bill Murray turned this down to do Operation Dumbo Drop. So. Right. <laughs> oh, he man. would later, uh, you know, uh, explore royal uh, territory with Garfield: A Tale of Two Kitties. So right. <laughs> That was Bill Murray in that. Uh, okay, so this was written and directed by David S. Ward, and he's written lots of movies, including The Sting. Wow. One of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. He, the, the guy who wrote King Ralph also wrote The Sting. <laughs> Checks out. Uh, but he also wrote The Sting, too, so it's kind of a wash. Uh, he has written two other movies, at least two. I could think of two that we've done on the podcast before. Can you guys name those movies? No. I mean, I'm just thinking of other Ralph movies. Uh, Karate Kid? No. no. It wasn't him. <laughs> no. Uh, he does mention Ralph Macchio. He in, does. In this <laughs> yeah. movie, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not, I don't know. What What do you got, Jay? Well, one is uh, one of your favorite movies, Blaine. What? Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, oh, wow. He wrote Sleepless in Seattle. Well, he co-wrote that one. Okay. Uh, he wrote and the he Seattle also... part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he wrote and directed Major League. Oh, oh wow. Oh. All right. High batting right. average, though. Sweet yeah. Miss with King Ralph, huh? <laughs> Uh, well, That's I the mean, extent yeah. of the baseball metaphors, you know, isn't it? <laughs> That's what I yeah. got. <laughs> uh, I know baseball okay, is about I... as much as I know royalty. <laughs> uh, last question. What future TV writer punched up the script for King Ralph? Joss Whedon. Nope. Damn. Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> no. <laughs> he hates the monarchy. He wouldn't have done this. I'll give you a clue. Uh, his later work also involved royalty. Uh, the guy who writes The Crown. It is the guy who writes The Crown. <laughs> what? it, what's his name? Russell? No. Uh, Peter Morgan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Peter, in what? the early 90s, Peter Morgan punched up the screenplay for the American comedy King Ralph. So there you go. So I, I, like, I was watching this movie with my wife, and I jokingly said, like, <laughs> which season of The Crown will tackle King Ralph. <laughs> and then Season I was five. looking it up. It's, you know, it's the same guy worked on it. So there you go. <laughs> King Ralph, part of the Crown universe. I mean, if you if you can do one thing writing about the royal family, you know, you might as well, you know, keep doing it. Um it's like he we... eventually figured it out. It's like he tried to write about royals. <laughs> it's like, ah, this isn't really working, you know. Maybe if I just give it another shot. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't kill them all in the first scene. That's <laughs> he just, first step. He just did a he just did a rewrite. It's not like you know, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't That's so there. funny. Well, you know, I should mention while we're talking about the script that this was based on a novel. Did you guys know that? Yeah. <laughs> no. This was uh, Slaughterhouse Five. Great. It's a very loose adaptation. No, King Ralph came unstuck in time. 
It was based on a novel from 1980 called Headlong by Emlyn Williams. And it was, uh, it took place during the 30s. I think it was more of kind of like an alternate reality mm. sort of thing where uh, King George and Queen Mary die in like a freak blimp accident. And the only heir is like some random actor. And then I think the rest of it kind of like, uh, you know, plays out pretty similarly with uh, with him finding out someone else more deserving was actually like working with him. And then he abdicates the throne and, you know, so kind of similar. Uh, but that's where the idea came from. I certainly did not know that King Ralph was based on a book. <laughs> uh, seems like the antithesis to a book. But there you go. <laughs> Uh, it, it does this, seem like something that didn't need many words written about it before someone had the idea to make it a movie, you know? Right. Like, it kind of feels like the back of a napkin idea where someone did a lot of coke and was like, what if? <laughs> John Goodman? King? <laughs> it, it seems like they thought of a poster and worked backwards. Exactly. <laughs> they thought yeah. of John Goodman on a throne and the name King Ralph. I mean, it is a perfect name. Oh, yeah. Ralph. Like, King Ralph. Absolutely. Uh, not just Sir this, Ralph Richardson. <laughs> this movie had a huge uh, publicity campaign. So they had, uh, for like publicity, they sent invitations to press to a coronation for King Ralph, complete with a photo of John Goodman with a microchip playing Hail Britannia when he opened it. And uh, they sent commemorative King Ralph stamps <laughs> And in in Ralph, we trust commemorative coin and plates. Oh man, I think my grandma had that plate on her wall. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, one thing we didn't talk about was that there was also an eight million dollar tie-in deal with Burger King for this movie. Oh yeah, Jesus. yeah. I forgot to mention that scene where on the date they go into the Burger King and then everybody yeah. sort of recognizes him, uh, which is weird because. Um, it's not even his jurisdiction. He has no power there. <laughs> it's a different kingdom. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I guess they were just like, hey, <laughs> this movie's got the word king in it. Your shitty restaurant has the word king in it. Let's do a thing. Um, but there was like, there are commercials where like, uh, you know, a, a British butler comes out and advertises the uh, King Ralph's Royal Deal. At Burger King. Wow. Where, you know, they had, they had like a, you know, like a silver, uh, what's it called when you have like a serving tray with like a lid on a silver platter, like a platter, but with like the King Ralph logo on, on the front and then they'd unveil like some, you know, Whopper or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, but that, yeah, so that was a big deal. And it's, you know, it's funny to think about now because like you never get those kind of fast food tie in deals with. Like a mid-budget comedy, like they're always for you know some superhero movie or something like that. It's just insane to me to think that it was like Burger King was getting behind King Ralph. Like it was, what a different world we lived in. Yeah, simpler times. Uh, but but it happened, and we talked about maybe it was an that, act of diplomacy. Uh, you know, one country to another. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah the the Burger King is more real than Zambezia. God damn it. That's true. Uh, I, you know, that's the end of most of my trivia, except I did see one recent article from the website Film School Rejects, which uh, basically blamed King Ralph for the Trump presidency. 
Naturally. Oh, Jesus. That was the uh, thing. Because, and they make a lot of points. I wrote something similar not that long ago about how, like, so many American political comedies uh, kind of reinforce the idea that some random nobody would be better at the job than, like, a career politician. Like right. Dave and, you know, all of those things. And, uh, yeah, so King Ralph I, I kind of does that, but I think I think that uh, – thesis is somewhat undercut by the fact that ralph doesn't really do anything and in the end he's like i i shouldn't have this job <laughs> yeah uh, if only more people in authority when they are useless and incompetent would be like i shouldn't be here <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna go back to the lounge <laughs> talking um, to you ted cruz mitch mcconnell <laughs> but he's a great lounge singer which is why he should go back you know that. what i'd buy a ticket if it'd keep him out of uh politics <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's King Ralph. I don't, I couldn't find that much more about it. Um, they need to reboot this. I'm thinking like a Helmsworth, you know. You know, I'm surprised <laughs> it hasn't been suggested. I, I was searching to see if there was any news about like, you'd think this was the kind of property where at least like someone would have bought the rights and like announced Netflix a potential series. remake. Yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, nothing. There's been no traction on a, on a King Ralph, uh, reboot of any uh. kind. Who would you guys cast uh, quickly as as King Ralph if they were to make it now? I don't know if there is an actor that would sort of fill the same niche that John Goodman filled that I can think of. I mean, yeah, they could find somebody like a like I said, like a Helmsworth or Adam Driver or something, but uh, they're already in everything. I just say like do John Goodman again, and it's when Peter O'Toole, <laughs> O'Toole dies and he has to get the throne <laughs> yeah. back. And totally. he's the only one that can do it now. And but, he's yeah, kind of learned a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like 73 the... years old. He has diabetes. He cannot play the piano like that anymore. <laughs> it's at the height of the pandemic. The nation is looking for leadership. <laughs> the prime minister has COVID. He's knocked out. They looked at the well, king. Well, actually, in king the alternate Ralph. reality where all the royal family were killed in 1991, there is no pandemic. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. We missed our chance. Yeah. yeah. Not a bad trade-off, so, I have to say. Sorry, guys. Silver lining. <laughs> Sorry, Her Majesty. Our Majesty. Yeah, um, I mean, the monarchy is weird, right? Like, the monarchy is weird. But we do the same thing in North America with, like, actors and stuff. Like, I mean, this podcast is kind of the same thing if you're looking at, like, royal moments throughout the years or something. Like, you're talking about these people that are quote-unquote stars that are kind of royalty in their own way like people follow their relationships and get mad if they do the wrong thing and all that stuff like i don't know it's kind of the same but at least with like you know people that worship celebrities that i i don't i don't really feel that same kind of urge but at least like you know there's there's the idea that you're like a fan of like work or something a, a thing that someone does like other than right. just like being born into a family i, I don't know right. I mean, i've never really gotten the i don't know uh royal fascination no but the the acting thing is still like you are kind of born into a family like oh, i mean yeah. like uh, it's ne- yeah it's true. a lot of nepotism there too right so what are you anyway, talking about that's true yeah no we don't have that here in canada at all but whose uh, kid is john States. goodman right <laughs> um yeah that's uh well i mean you know we talked about jolie richardson wasn't she she was michael redgrave yeah and vanessa redgrave's daughter is that right Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's go around and decide whether or not it was rewatchable for us. Uh, Blaine, what about you? Um, I'm I'm gonna say it was slightly watchable. I can't remember watching the first time. Like I, there was some funny jokes. I loved seeing John Goodman. Like one of you guys said, like it's just nice to spend a couple hours with the guy. Um, and he's just so charming and uh, the perfect guy to lead this movie. Uh, and I, uh, but I'm never going to think about it again. I'm literally, the only reason I'm going to think about it again is, is because there was like this inside joke in the movie that happened that I got to like text my friends about. Um, and so now I get to like joke about what's the inside joke. Oh, it was this, I played basketball weekly while until the pandemic hit. And it was a group of guys who couldn't really play basketball. And then we got okay. And we were all kind of like mad at each other. Like, oh, you missed that drive. Or like, oh, you didn't pass. And then this guy came in. He was there for like one game. And his name was Ralph. And he, uh, and he, um, when he missed the basket, he wouldn't yell at anyone else. He would just go, come on, Ralph. Like to himself, (laughs) like quietly. And his... He was there for one game, and he changed the entire like atmosphere of the entire like from then on for years. Everyone just says like when they miss something, they don't blame it on anyone else. Usually, uh, they say, "Come on, Ralph!" Like to themselves, <laughs> and it's this thing where everyone says, "Come on, Ralph!" And he's never come back. And I always feel like it's maybe because he came back one time in the middle of the game, and someone was like, "Come on, Ralph!" Like, they're making fun of me. And left. Oh my god, you're uh, a monster. We're monsters. But anyway, in this movie, he's just about to say to the King of Zambezi, uh, like, you know, his his words, and he can't remember it. And he goes, come on, Ralph, himself. So I sent it to my to my friends. Anyway, nice. that's the that's the only reason I'm going to think about this movie ever again. Do you think that Did guy was really... referencing King Ralph? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe he's just like a big fan. <laughs> his name's not even Ralph. His name wasn't Ralph. He just came in, changed up the game. It was left. Prince Charles. <laughs> He was such a good basketball player for royalty. And you know, this movie was, like, not a big hit. I mm-hmm. kind of thought it was. It must have been on home video, but, like, it cost around $20 million to make. I think it made a little over $50 million, But, like, no one I knew growing up hadn't seen King Ralph. Interesting. And even just, like, I looked through Twitter. I just, like, searched King Ralph. <laughs> and there's still been, like, hundreds of people talking about King Ralph that day. Wow. <laughs> so, you know That's what I mean? Insane. So it's, it's like, you know, it's penetrated the zeitgeist to a certain extent. Um, I feel like it just skipped Kingston. I don't know. <laughs> like, where I grew up. I don't know. Well, like, it's, it's not a movie like you hear people talk about, but it's, yeah, uh, but it's a movie there. people that's on people's minds. Uh, maybe it's it's just for, like, people of a certain generation. That's how we, like, experienced uh, the concept of, like, royalty or the monarchy <laughs> right. or, or yeah, even yeah. just England in general. I don't know. I yeah, it's weird. It's 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 a cultural touchstone that I, that exa- I feel like the poster and the name was more iconic than like the film itself. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's a funny thing. Uh Rob, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed watching this movie. I enjoyed the John Goodman of it all. I thought like some of it was fun. I mean, it's a very simple story. Um but there's also like a lot of really dumb elements like the uh like the stripper thing and the king of zambezi thing and he doesn't really do anything well being king he's just yeah there's not a lot that happens you know i mean there are elements that are sort of fun 
I think Peter O'Toole is fun and uh, all those other guys. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there isn't that much that would make me go and watch this thing again. Like, if it came on, if it, you know, popped in front of me on the Netflix, maybe I would. But I don't know if I would go seeking it out again. And um, I don't know if it's going to show up on the Netflix. It just doesn't seem to be, you know, in in the minds of whoever programs these things. Or I don't know, the, maybe the rights aren't available or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would say mildly rewatchable. Okay. Yeah, more of a prince yeah. than a king. <laughs> Once a night's enough. You mean like a pop superstar? Yes. Yeah. More like a prince. Uh, uh, yeah, I kind of feel the same way as you guys. It's, uh, yeah, like I didn't really mind watching it because I love John Goodman and he's so charming and lovable and uh, and such a great actor that, yeah, I, I would watch him in anything. And this was a movie that is just him doing stuff like dropping a crown in a bath, bowling in Buckingham <laughs> Palace. So yeah, I didn't I didn't mind it, but like yeah, it could have been funny. It could have had more like drama to it. I mean, yeah, they're dealing with such like it's such a huge thing. Like a a guy becomes the king of a whole country and inherits like all this money and has all of this power all of a sudden and he doesn't seem to even really care. Mm-hmm. And even and like him not caring isn't even like something anyone cares about. Like I, I don't know. It just seems like kind of a missed opportunity to me. Uh, and then there's all the like weird racist stuff. And then there's uh, yeah. And even like you know m- most of the sort of supporting British cast are, are are just such great actors that they can't help but be good. But I'm sure they're not super committed to it um, because it's king ralph uh so i'm gonna say mildly not rewatchable but uh, but again like i mean there's worse ways to spend your evening than than hanging out with uh with king ralph even though it's not a very good movie yeah Mm -hmm. well that's it for this week on rewatchability happy happy 30th king ralph (laughs) 30th jubilee Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We're at rewatchability, facebook.com slash rewatchability. Instagram is a thing that I don't use, but I know it's on there. Right, Rob? Yeah. Uh, and please, if you can send us your uh, King Ralph memes. Yeah. <laughs> They're huge. They're everywhere. Uh, Ralph dropping Ralph. the crown. Whoop. <laughs> If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on whatever podcast uh, app you use. And until next time. Keep fit and have fun. (laughs) I don't know. Watch those ears when you're knighted. Oh, we didn't talk about that. That was funny. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was one funny part of this movie. (laughs) Good night, everybody. 